Hey, welcome to the Bonfire Sessions. I'm your host. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> I could never do that radio voice ever. So corny. <clears throat> I've never tried. <sighs> I don't, I can listen to it. Well, sometimes we do that on the Heritage Cafe. I joke around, but <laughs> I can't do a show like where that's the radio voice. You couldn't hold it together. <laughs> no. Well, I don't think I could even talk to someone who, like if I was, if I was ever interviewed on a shock jock radio show, like sound effects and shit. I know we got sound effects on the other show, but <sighs> I don't know if I could, I couldn't pay attention. <laughs> What'd you ask me again? Sorry. I was asking. <laughs> uh, what? Yeah, that'd be weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine that would be quite distracting. Yeah, it's not the vibe of this show, though. The vibe of this show is drinking whiskey and talking. And other and, things, yeah. And other things, yeah. But we got, uh, we're going to do, we're going to have a talk about tribalism today. So I picked up, I moved uh, away from our Irish tribalist, tribalistic nature. <laughs> And, and traveled to Kentucky and got some Old Forester straight bourbon. What do you think of it? Uh, it's a good, it's a good change up. It's uh, more of a bite. Yeah, it's, I wouldn't call it harsh, but it's, uh, it's something I might want to mix with Coke or something. Yeah, maybe. How expensive was that? Not very. So yeah, I, I would probably <laughs> do that. It's rarely gonna like. Yeah. It's rarely gonna be expensive. On our hundredth <laughs> episode, it'll be it'll be some good shit. But this is episode six, and that deserves like some fourteen dollars shit. It's pretty good. It's pretty good, but it's not. It's not my favorite. It's nice. It's nice though. I mean, it's whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely whiskey. Definitely whiskey. Anyway, how was your day, man? It was all right. Good. Got our trailer up on um my wife's mom's property living with the in-laws otherwise known as my stepmom <laughs> yeah so they didn't lose their house in, in paradise or did they she did um it just got recently got um the debris moved off and everything so. oh so they can move trailers on and yeah start to rebuild how long do you think till you're in your house will you be in your house by the time this episode drops in june middle of june it, oh, on my property? Yeah, or... your, on your property. Oh, no, not your house. They ain't gonna build your house that quick. <laughs> Slap that shit together. Uh, June, yeah. I don't see any reason why that wouldn't happen. Either. Cool. That's good. That's still pretty long. That's what November the fire happened. Happened the day after my wife's birthday. Trump got elected in 2016. <laughs> the day that we that we woke up for her birthday to that. That was fun. And then two years later, all of paradise burnt down on her day after her birthday. Something about that time of year. I guess so. Two out of three. <laughs> start <laughs> <Over> the last years. <laughs> have to start clenching my butthole. Around that time. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, or maybe that's it. They just got the bad ones out of the way. The rest is fine. The rest is good. I hope so. Hope so. It's been a doozy of a couple of years. It, yeah, it really has been. It's been the most interesting time, I think. I can't remember a time that's been more interesting. It feels kind of almost end of the worldsy a little bit. Yeah, that's what you said last time. Yeah, surreal. Uh, yeah. Something just feels different. It does. And a lot of signs point like to a bad way, but there's still good things. I mean, I know there's a lot of daunting things, but it's funny, like when you when you talk about like how violent the world is, you're like, oh my God, we're so violent. And we are. We are. 
like historically and statistically speaking, it's actually trending down. That's right. It's trending downwards. Yeah. There's just like scarier violence. There's like, like never in the history, like Genghis Khan had to really work towards like wiping people out. Like he had to ride a horse and have a bunch of dudes and Mm -hmm. slice each other and shit. Like that's a lot of work. Damn. You got to travel. Right. No, I, I, I don't think our instincts are any more violent. We just have greater capability to, you know, to do it all in one I mean, fell swoop. Or I'm, I'm pretty sure Genghis Khan. He he might uh he might have pushed the launch button yeah. on the nukes. Perhaps, yeah, the maybe. proverbial <laughs> red button. I always wonder about that kind of stuff. Like when heretics were burned at the stake. Like I mean, we're not doing that in much of the world. In some places, they still sort of are. I guess. I mean, there's certainly tribalism, and a lot of tribes. They act pretty tribalistic, <laughs> and um, but overall, it seems like there's a trend towards, I think, less people being violent, or at least more people trying to live nonviolently or trying to find nonviolent ways, or the violence is more subtle. <laughs> right. Yeah, the percentage has gone down. I think that's what has been shown. I think I've, yeah, I've heard that because I, I, I made the mistake of not, I wrote the opposite in one of my books and either someone on my launch team or an editor was like, this is not true. So I had to look it up. I was well, like, oh, it is not true. So I had to nuance what I said. You remember what you said? Yeah. I, well, I said that and violence is um, pervading our streets more than ever. And that's so that sort of can be interpreted as if like we're seeing more and more violence in the regular population. Um, <laughs> or if you, and so I had to change it to the focus on the violence in our streets seems to be ever more present. And that's true because of like social media and all the news networks that they, they yeah. report on the most over the top, like sensationalist stories all the time. You know, when some of it is like, is this news? I mean, it's news, I guess in some way, is this worthy of like being national news? A, a valid, yeah, that's definitely a valid complaint. I mean, I, <laughs> if we want to switch gears and start talk, talking about Trump, you know, I, I mean, all, some of his attacks on the on the media, I think, are kind of well founded. Um, There's a little bit of truth behind behind what mm-hmm. someone who is like that is saying. But there's a difference between being biased and, you know, telling a falsehood. <laughs> yeah, that's sure. A lot of times truth, I mean, truth can be objective. A fact is a fact. But some of this stuff is a little bit nuanced. I mean, I know he tells a lot of alternative facts, <laughs> which are just not true. But at the same time, like if, if let's say a liberal media outlet is reporting something and yeah, they're biased towards focusing on Trump, let's say, and they turn a, that's one of my complaints about him too. Like they turn a blind eye to some of the shit Obama did where it's not really a liberal stance, like, Mm -hmm. like drones and shit, um, deporting people, not really coming out against the drug war. Like you should have, those would be traditionally liberal stances. So it's obvious the quote unquote liberal media. And I would say they bias towards liberal should have been more vigilant about that. And so, yeah, there's a, but it doesn't mean what they're saying about Trump isn't a lot of it's true. And Trump lies a lot. I mean, it's, it's almost like statistically proven. It, yeah. You're safer to just assume that he's telling that he's not telling the truth. Like Stephen Colbert just said. Oh, he said, yeah. yeah. Which makes it pretty fairly easy to interpret Trump. 
I mean, so you know that you have to be diligent because everything, you know, most everything's going to be a lie. Not everything. I don't think everything's going to be a lie. Because I think a lot of, you know, to flip the, to flip it on the other side, not everything that's a bias is necessarily untrue. So he is definitely has a bias. I think he believes a lot of stuff is true that's coming out of his mouth. Because there might be like a grain out of a hundredth, one hundredth of a grain of truth in what he's saying. Like when he said well, he could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue. Obviously, that literally is not true. I, I don't think he could stand out in Fifth Avenue and fucking blow someone away just walking down the street mm-hmm. and not. I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think but... so. I wouldn't take that so literally. But the truth behind it is he could do some shit. He could do any shit. And some people will not give a fuck. They will just head down and they're just going forward, like not looking at the world, just right. whatever he says. I'm just sticking with him. He's my man no matter what. I don't give a fuck. <clears throat> someone someone could edit that, what I just said. I'm with him. I don't give a fuck. And they could take it out <laughs> and make a YouTube video. <laughs> this is what Matthew DeStefano said. I'm with him. I don't give a fuck. It's, it shows that he is for Trump. <laughs> I don't like thinking about that, thinking about how um, easily you can be manipulated. <laughs> right. Taken way out, out of fucking context. <laughs> well, it's, I just want to live in a world of, uh, of facts. I don't, I don't want to spend all this time trying to figure out if what I'm experiencing, what I'm looking at, is a fact. It shouldn't be that hard to figure it out. I don't think it is that hard. I mean, no, but I feel like we might be going in that direction where you can't tell what a fact is where, uh, I mean, video edit editing becomes so, oh, right. So good. Um, didn't they edit that video with, was it CNN, Jim Acosta? Like they, 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 that video where he like pushes that reporter away. Cause she's like kind of getting, like yeah. they're trying to escort him out or something or Trump wants to kick him out. And someone like sped up the video or yep. something to make it look like he was like slapping this girl. Mm hmm. <laughs> it's like damn i mean shoot and and, and technology is only gonna get better yeah they could so, put you in and someone could put you in any situation they fucking want to put you in even the shit like ralph does he does a lot of these like photoshop stuff he's a graphic artist like you know he does all the covers he's the man when it comes to that shit and he he even makes me and keith and jamal he like puts us and he made me dwight shoot from the office one time it's creepy as fuck <laughs> <laughs> and but it looked Okay, it didn't look 100% real, but he's just doing it for like, it's probably spending, I don't know how long. And just like, let's pump something out, make it look good. But someone who really spent time on something with like facial editing and shit, or videos that they can speed up, slow down, manipulate, they can have you doing some shit later. <laughs> look what this guy did. And, Holy um, fuck. That, that makes me feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> it's a little bit strange. <laughs> it's a strange world we live in, man. So it was a blend of your face and Dwight Schrute's? It was me with like, Dwight's got his hair parted down the middle. I think there was like the mustard yellow shirt he always wears, the glasses. And then my face was all fucked up. It was, it was like, it looked creepy, but it looked like Dwight in a way. I don't think I've seen that. I'd like to uh, see yeah, that. I'll have to show you after the show. You'll laugh your ass off. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're, if you're a fan of the show, you'd be like, oh my God, that's, that's brilliant. <laughs> So you, you, that's just that's just someone doing something probably on Photoshop though or whatever program he uses. Like <clears throat> he's not he's not spending weeks on this shit. Someone could really get a convincing image and put you in some shit. <laughs> it's the age of just weird stuff, man. 
And then there's the whole business of like echo chambers and like algorithms and you're on your YouTube, the things that are recommended to you. Once you go down a rabbit trail, go, go tonight after the show and just start looking at like aliens, Roswell, all of your recommended videos on YouTube would be all that shit. And you can just dive in and not know where the fuck you're going. Which I think that's kind of cool. I mean, I, Oh yeah. I mean, it's a really good way to find content. I mean, like Netflix is pretty accurate. Yeah, it, it, um, it does some good job. And I know when John Oliver's out, when a new one's out, because it's the first fucking video mm-hmm. um, on you know on that Monday that John Oliver would come out. When it's not there on Monday, I'm like, did YouTube fuck up? Nope. Every time it doesn't show up, it's because he took a week off again. It seems like he's taking more weeks off. I don't know. It, I think he's already on a break. Yeah, because there wasn't a new one when we recorded no. this. The last one was uh, <clears throat> Public Shaming, I think. Yeah. 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 Well... Or maybe you just pay attention more and you get more disappointed when, when there's not one out. I've been on it for for a while. For a while. Yeah, a couple yeah. of years. Two, maybe two years. Yeah. He's funny. Even, I mean, he has a bias, of course. He has a slant, but he's hilarious. His timing's really good. Just amount of, just amount of dryness, that British dryness. Um, punchlines are good. He's pretty animated. Yeah. The, he, does, he does some over-the-top bits, too, that are pretty damn funny. I don't know, man. The weird world, weird wacky world, and kind of scary. Yeah, it's kind of scary because you see all the shit, man. Right. I mean, you see it daily. Yeah. If there wasn't the news or social media, you know, social media has been the big thing, man. It's like changed the world, and and not in all bad ways. Like I couldn't do what I'm doing. I couldn't have the success I'm having, even a little bit of success, without social media. Like, I don't want to be on Facebook all the time, but I know that it's a very powerful outlet. You just got to use the right way, you know, you gotta, and it's hard to navigate that world, man. It's hard to like see comments and comments and comments and just be like, no, not doing this shit. Like when Homer comes out of the Homer Simpson comes out of that hedge and backs the fuck back in, <laughs> just like, nope, <laughs> see ya. <laughs> <clears throat> It's tribal out there, man. It's so tribal. Because on Facebook, man, you get like friend requests that are all going to be like probably recommended to you based on the algorithms of people's pages. <laughs> so a lot of times you end up getting all like-minded people. But then you get different people and it can turn into a shit show. Because we don't know how to talk to each other. Tribes don't know how to talk to tribes. Well, not behind a screen at least. Oh, definitely I mean, not behind a screen, man. Right, get those people face to face, and most of yeah, most of them calm down a little bit. Yeah, of course. Or you know, what's out? You know. Well, yeah, we're not gonna act like we're not gonna act like we act in real life. Same as on Facebook. No one is a hundred percent. Then there's people who are like completely different. They will. They wouldn't talk to you. They wouldn't call you all these names in front of your face. Like, um. You know, all these stupid names that some Christians call other Christians. They would talk to you a little bit normal. Well, we we should know this too. Like what? Uh, communication is like 80% body language. Something like that. At, at least. Yeah. Inflection, facial expressions, body language. And then the words that are coming out your mouth. It's like a small percentage. Well, that's why it's so... 
easy to misunderstand people like over text messages or something. Oh, totally. Like that's why I really like using emotes with certain people that may not know me as well. Um, just to let them know that I'm having a good time or whatever. <laughs> I'm not mad. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, you got to do that on social media too. Like you can say something, mm -hmm. and you're like, "Ah, oh, it's a really, hilarious yeah. little." It's like it'd be like, "What do you mean?" Put a wink face next time. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, that works. Okay, it's a good thing to learn. Because otherwise, you you can come across as a dick. You can come across as a total asshole. And yeah, but even when which not, isn't, I, which isn't what I want. I wouldn't. No, I don't. No, I don't want to come across as. I ass. wouldn't want anybody to think that I'm no. an asshole. <laughs> no, I don't want it. I don't want anyone. I call myself ironically an asshole in uh, <laughs> the subtitle of. Devoted as fuck is what I'm calling it. It's a, it's a <laughs> quote unquote devotional. <laughs> yeah. So I call my I call myself an iconoclastic asshole. But I'm not really an asshole. It just it. Some people will read that book. They, they might think it's a devotional. Ah, uh, well, with the title they won't. But, but a lot of people will probably read it. I mean, at least you know I'm guessing a thousand people will read it, and it can come across as an, I'm being an asshole. But I'm not. I'm just like making jokes. I'm just talking. Just. Like I'm talking but to doesn't you. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? I don't know. Give you a certain sense of satisfaction that a conservative might might read it. I think some will. I hope it. I hope it gets people to think. I mean, I would. I thought about like what. What would it be like if I was on the evangelical channel at Patheos? That might be interesting. Probably more frustrating, but I wonder what it'd be like to talk to a large group of people that really don't agree with you. <laughs> Well, that's probably just something that you do at night when you're drinking whiskey and, you know, when you're in the right mood. I think that would be kind of fun. But not all the time. No, no, definitely not in the morning time. <laughs> it would be, um, if I could do it, I wonder, like, <laughs> is that like a great marketing ploy? If I was just emailed Patheos and was like, I want to be transitioned to the evangelical channel and they let me. Like, and I can use that as a progressive Christian goes evangelical. <laughs> That would, like, only, that would only help. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm sure there would be a lot of attention paid. <laughs> and then I cleaned up my act. I started, I stopped cussing. Either I, either way, I don't know. I wouldn't want to see you do that. Hell no. But that's just <laughs> me selfishly. I don't want to do that. It's not that I, and, and it's not that I, uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to talk to an echo chamber either. But it just sounds like sometimes you'd be talking to the wrong crowd. And I don't know. I'm sorry. What do you what do you mean by echo chamber? Oh, just that um, that you end up talking to people who are just going to echo what you're saying it's just, as a part of tribalism. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You're basically yeah. just it's a uh, you're only getting the posts you see because of the algorithm. You only join the groups that are for this very specific thing and mm -hmm. some people take it to the to the point where if you don't believe this we're gonna just like fuck and lay waste to you or yeah. kick you out um your youtube ends up being the same shit over and over based on what you're watching yeah so if you go down these if you're a, I don't know whatever well you, and you if, be a flat earther you look up flat earth and all this stuff start getting recommended to you and you start watching these videos that anyone can make it's not scientifically backed you can be like oh this shit makes sense holy fucking shit it's <laughs> i can't I got to tell people, <laughs> you end up look like a fucking buffoon. We all do it. And the, especially those are on social media. They it's, it's built for tribes. It's built to mm -hmm. break things up. And, and that's just the way people think anyway. We've been doing it forever though. I would think though, that if you really believed in your 
particular stance and you really wanted to, I mean, the only way you can evangelize people to really, uh, you know, spread the word, so to speak, Mm -hmm. beyond your ranks is to obviously (laughs) step out of your tribe. I mean, that's pretty obvious thing to say, but I mean, but if you, if you truly believe that you're correct and that you're going to help be helping the world, I mean, yeah, you can't just uh, be comfortable. No, you know, it feels nice to get a bunch of people agreeing with you, but you don't grow. You don't, uh, yeah, and you don't reach people that, I mean, I would love it if evangelicals could embrace like a nonviolent God, let's say, or if Trump supporters can embrace the fact that he like cheapens Christianity by pandering to a, a you know a small percentage of them. Twenty five percent of people I think identify as evangelicals in the U S. It's still a smaller percent than the whole. That seems like that's a lot. That's but, more than I might have expected. Yeah, it's pretty high actually. That's a that's a, a historic in historic Christianity speaking. That's a very small sect of it. Like it's a much more robust faith than evangelicalism. Uh, modern American Protestant evangelicalism specifically. But we do have, when you think Christian, it's funny. <laughs> when you think Christian, that's what you think, even though they're like, they're pretty, I mean, I mean that's, yeah. that's what you think. You think, you think Christian, then you differ, differentiate between Catholic. Yeah. <clears throat> and Eastern but, Orthodox, that's just weird. <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm not an evangelical and that's what I think of when I hear the word Christian. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. That's that's weird. It's weird how faiths get that. It's like um it's like a self-referential normal self-referential orthodoxy, let's say. And evangelicals would say, "No, it's our tribe within the grand scheme of Christianity." We now we've got it right. This is true doctrine. This is certain. This is not budging. Um but it's all like really self-referential. You're just just you're just saying that about yourself <laughs> like at the end of the day like you're, you're just saying it and, and you're right because you say you're right it's weird it's, weird. Yeah. it's a weird way to live I, I was just thinking of uh, the two Boeing crashes um, and how yeah Boeing was allowed to self inspect and well, that kind of shit is so annoying <laughs> look what happened <laughs> It's like, how, how is that not a conflict of interest? I mean, that would be the definition. Right? Yeah, it seems like a conflict of interest for evangelicals to say that their reference of the Bible is correct because it's the Bible and we say it. <laughs> it's just a weird thing. Like, oh, this isn't open for dialogue? I, uh, I saw this post on Facebook from a social worker and she's on the evangelical channel of Pathios. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And her article was just like, oh, God have mercy. It was, it was pretty rough. I don't even remember what it was about. She said something about like, oh, she compared grace and truth and, and mentioned how like truth is validating the Old Testament and then just left it at that. And I, I actually, com- I never comment on other Pathios bloggers posts, but I said, what does that even, what does that even mean? Validating the Old Testament. She quoted a Bible verse from the New Testament. That's it. She didn't even quote the verse, actually. She just put the verse. It said like Matthew 5 or something. It was so self-referential. It was just like, this is clear and the way it's, it's right there. 
how I interpret it is not even an interpretation. It just is, because I say it is. Sorry. <laughs> you can never do that. No, it's not possible. But that's what they do. Yeah. That's what people do. They won't talk about the verse. They won't ask what it means. They won't say, well, uh, here's what Jesus said. What do you think this means? Can you explain this to me if you don't? You know, none of that. Just the verse. Just a mention, a reference of the verse. And go and like, go look it up, bitch. <laughs> That's what I feel like I'm being told. <laughs> go look that shit up. <clears throat> yeah, because the Bible said that's not an argument. I mean, uh, so did she didn't expound at all? Oh, I haven't gone back and looked. Okay. No, no, but initially no. And maybe, and then I did respond and I said, I said, I was hoping for an answer and not just a Bible verse without any exegesis of the Bible verse. There you go. Exegesis. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> it's a fun word to use because a lot of people wouldn't know what that means because people don't interpret the Bible. They did, And they say they won't interpret the Bible. They'll say there's no such thing as interpreting the Bible. Someone actually said that to me. There's no such thing as interpreting the Bible. Then why are there so many thousands of denominations <laughs> right? in the United States? <laughs> right. And all self-referentially right. That's just maddening. It can be maddening, yeah. So when when you not when you decide not to join Facebook, there is good reason, or not to engage in comments. There is good reason, because it can be maddening. Well, how many people's minds on Facebook do you think have been changed? Like a percentage of what arguments are, are actually uh, what worth having, or <laughs> it's got to be a small percentage. I feel like I've only changed people's lives through actually kind of taking, like not engaging on that medium, putting things out there, using it to promote the things you're really thinking about, like your, your books or your podcasts or whatever you're doing. And the minute you dive into the actual conversations with most people, it's like, this is pointless. Change people with being a little more intentional. We're not intentional on Facebook. We get on Facebook and it's like, you said what? All caps. Da, 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 da. You're wrong. Da, da, da. Here's a video. Here's a video. Here's a Bible verse. It's like, damn. What are you, the tribe? You're the tribe security guard? Yeah. That's how they see themselves. Chief. They're defending defending the faith. Like they're standing guard outside on the sniper roost or something. Anyone gets close. Bible verse, Bible verse, Bible verse, Bible verse. Bible verse. <laughs> Pumping them out there. Yeah. Like most things, it just seems exhausting. God, it is exhausting. It is exhausting. You just got to you got to use it the right way. Learn from the dumbasses like me who like worked through it. <laughs> that's you just you just have a you have a website or something. That's it. You let people engage. Actually, like go through an email and try to get a hold of you. You just have a page on Facebook where you just post stuff and you don't actually go and get involved with people. Right. Just, that's it. That's all. It's hard though. Oh boy. We are defending the tribes. We have these systems in place where we got to defend them. We got to make sure everyone who's not with us is against us. It's crazy. So you don't think it would be your duty to like defend universalism or anything? Do you think that you would ever do you feel compelled to I do. Do you? Like, do I think it'll die out if people don't say anything uh, to defend against uh, eternal conscious torment? I guess I, I don't really, I'm not sure. 
It has I, it always had that thread even in like in the Middle Ages and shit. It always had that thread after Augustine. There were the mystics, there were the desert fathers, there were the theologians throughout that kind of kept the thread going. Then there's George MacDonald. And there was even Bart. But I think I think if you truly believe that God is love and you don't uh, you know, turn God into a deity, if you if you take God to be the ground of all reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you, you could still get to that notion of God in a non-conceptual way. I, I think that if you just meditate, you can, um, uh, you wouldn't be thinking the words universalism, but you'd essentially, you'd be knowing that, it seems like you're getting in touch with uh, the nature of reality, love. Right. And this kind of love would not um, allow these certain things to happen. Right. Well, and you're going to live with peace. And you're going to live. You're going to live with all the fruits that e- that universalism as a theology could bring. Because that's what. Right. I mean, it, you know, the, the mystics, the Rumis, the Muhayyadins, the you know, it's like they have their own scriptures, sure, but I think they're gaining most of their knowledge from direct experiences, really direct experiences. Richard Rohr. I mean, I would say Richard Rohr is probably a universalist. I don't, but I don't think he talks about that sort of stuff in sort of like a, that's um, not a systematic way. Right. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not explicit in his writings. I've heard him mention it. I, I'm sure he would reject eternal torment, of course, and he'd probably even annihilation based on his universal Christ theology. I'd be surprised if he I'd be really surprised if he wasn't. But he, he's he's not like Talbot, where this is he's putting forth an argument for universalism from a philosophical, logical sort of way and exegetical and all that. But uh, yeah, but all those sort of mystics, yeah, they when they do talk about things conceptually, it seems like they come to a similar conclusion. Doesn't matter what faith tradition, um, and I think a lot of them are going off their direct experiences. Like, just seems like the universe points to something bigger than us that is grounding uh, the universe mm-hmm. that exists, that there's existence for the safe, sake of existence. There you go. Yeah. You know, and which means there's a point and, the, you know, that means things are precious. That means, means the things that we call love are point to that reality or are that reality even. Um, I, I mean, eventually you have to get to some sort of ground I think so. Yeah, I believe so. I can see why people wouldn't. I mean, well, but a lot of people think just completely like analytically or logically they're looking or, or purely scientifically, let's say. And they'll say, well, I don't see any scientific proof of God. I don't have a being called God. Like there's not the flying spaghetti monster. We have no proof of that. Why is there proof of this other thing called God? And you're thinking of God that transcends the material universe. <laughs> The, what, what the, you know, what we can, um, I guess. You don't uh, find God within the universe. I mean, no, not in that way. Of course, no. I think God moves in this universe in some way, just by holding it together, um, and maybe, maybe more. I, I, I don't know. Wherever love is, I, I don't know where love comes from. I don't feel like I manifest love. I have to open myself up to love, but like love transcends me. I would think it transcends human beings, but I think it's expressed fully through human beings. Right. I mean, I would say 
it's beyond this uh this particular instance of me that, sure uh like this sitting right here no this is not love but no but you're a conduit for it like you're not the electricity you're the th thing around that wraps the electricity yeah you know, or, yeah okay something. like think of old, like old electricity when they had like the um cloth wrap you know yeah like you might be the cloth wrap that holds the electricity i mean it, and they can move but the electricity is electricity sure i like, like that yeah. yeah does that work <laughs> maybe yes <laughs> as far as i understand it right now yes that that makes sense yeah it works it works for now if i had to write it down i'd probably think about it a little more but here on the podcast we just uh we just throw some ideas out there, and if it, the analogy doesn't fit perfectly, yeah. then... We can do the editing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it in. Yeah, I like to leave the rabbit trails in. I like to leave as much as I can in. I do a little editing, I will say. It's funny, because this isn't a perfect reenactment of us sitting at the bonfire. You know, like an hour before you get here, I set everything up, and it takes, you know, we got the table, we got these nice boom mics, we have our Hindu goddess here. Uh, oh shoot is that new it's been there the whole time dog are you serious you haven't even noticed oh my holy fucking shit <laughs> <laughs> you damn i guess damn. my mind has been on other things wow yeah i guess so you're just so focused on putting out a good conversation yeah right i'm just you're not used to the ambiance i've tried to set around here yeah it's all about me and not trying and trying to you know look not look like an idiot right oh no you don't have to worry about that you haven't looked like an idiot so far there's still room, though. This is only episode six, man. You could be an idiot. Room I think for growth. Yeah, there's always room for growth. Self-deprecation is good. Calling yourself an idiot is good, but I think you got to call it yourself ironically. You got to have a chip on your shoulder. You got to have. You got to be like, all right, yeah, I fucked it up. That's cool. But still, but still, just come back. The next thing, the next idea, the next piece, the next article, the next podcast, the next book. You just got to come back. And just be okay, like, yeah, that's cool. I messed up. I was an idiot. Yeah. Because everybody messes up. Yeah. Get out of that tribe mentality, man, where if you fuck up, you're out. <laughs> the tribe's going to kick you out. <laughs> you got to surround yourself. I think you got to surround yourself by people not who are, I, want, I don't want to say echo chamberish, not tribal, but people who do kind of, I mean, it's important to be around people who do view the world in, in a certain way. In a, in a way, like you and I, I mean, one of the big reasons we have a, a, the relationship we do is that we do have a shared worldview. We're trying to experience the world now. We're trying to um, talk about big ideas of life. But it's, 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 the, it's like the tribe of those who try to transcend tribe. <laughs> you know, just don't make that a tribe mm -hmm. in and of itself. Like you can include other people. But I think most of your time needs to be spent with those kind of people. I wouldn't want to spend my time with a conservative evangelical is a conservative evangelical the way I spend my time with you. I want to talk to them, but <laughs> most of my time has got to be yeah. spent with people like you. People like Keith, people like Jamal. Well, I would just say, I mean, replace uh should with want or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I I have a problem with, you know, turning people into a mission like you're just definitely with people yeah w with this person just so even if it's just to grow yourself even that seems kind of off uh, yeah it doesn't seem it does. very genuine 
Um, no. no, I think just go with your experience directing you and it'll, I feel like the universe will tell you things if you're paying attention to them. Like you don't go into some, I got to meet this kind of person with this. You just, the people you meet, pay attention, you grab it, you know yourself, you live in the moment and you'll kind of get directed into a, a path maybe. What what do I want to do? Who do I want to be around with? What do I want? And I don't know. I'd like Not to, what should I do? What what do I want to do? <clears throat> I'd like to think that everybody has a universally redeemable quality, like that should be that everybody should be attracted to if if people are paying attention, and if it mm-hmm. if it weren't. Um, you know, overshadowed by, say, this person's more vocal negative traits. Um, but, yeah, I, I would think if if you're looking hard enough, it I, should always be yeah. evident, seems like. Something should be. Some, something should be. Even if they just have existence? I mean, Yeah. Yeah, I think existence as such is, yeah. The, the divine spark, you know, of someone, everyone... Everyone is made in the image and likeness of God. God is good. God is love. Um, the universal Christ, the living Buddha, whatever you want to call it. Um, the, is it the, the Brahma, Brahman, um, your Dharma, all that kind of shit. Like, uh, it's all kind of pointing at the same sort of thing. Like, uh, it's hard to see a lot of people's, like, <laughs> we all have our personalities. We all have our egos. We all have our downfalls our anxieties, our depression, whatever. We all have a personality type. We can all do the Enneagram and find our our number or the Myers-Briggs and I'm an INTJ. Okay, so I work well with these people. I yeah. need to watch out for this thing, you know. We all got that. So, again, I think the, 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 uh, the common thread through this podcast is it all comes back to grace. You got to have grace for one another. And I think that's a good common thread. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I w- would want my tribe to be associated with. The Grace Tribe, right? The all-inclusive tribe. You know, it doesn't mean you're. It doesn't mean you're passive. It doesn't mean you're a doormat. It doesn't mean it's cheap grace. Bonhoeffer would talk about, but it's the grace that transforms. I think transforms your tribalism. We're all tribalistic. We all have our tribes. I'm a Spurs fan. I'm a Sharks fan. Fuck the Ducks. Fuck the Kings. Fuck the Yankees. Definitely fuck the Yankees. Fuck, yeah, fuck right. Arsenal. Fuck Man United. <laughs> All in jest. Like, I, I have a good friend in Nashville. He's um, Brandon. I think it's Dragon. And uh, he's a um, novelist. An aspiring novelist. He's good. And uh, he's a big Arsenal fan for soccer. And I'm a Spurs fan. And Spurs always fucking crap out at the end. They get second, third. They never win. They got no trophies. Uh-huh. And Brad, Brandon, like, fucking... See, I think this is the healthy tribalism. He fucking gives me so much shit. And I try to give it back, but in my back of my mind, I'm like, ah, fucking Spurs suck. <laughs> and they got nothing on... This lady's yelling at her dog back here. Listen to this shit. <laughs> and that's the healthy tribalism. Like, he, he can just give me shit. We laugh. It's fun. I'll go, when I go out to Nashville, we smoke cigars. We have some whiskey. Saturday, we, I did a bonfire with him. Him and his uncle. In Nashville, sat around a bonfire. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not cheating on you. It was just one time. <laughs> Supposed to go out in Nashville this summer too. I'll do that again. So I'll cheat on you again. But smoke cigars no and he he huh? <laughs> Are you all right with that? Uh, yeah, no okay. worries. Okay, no worries. We're polyamorous here on the podcast. Um, 
but we just you know it, but it's fun and, it's, and like, it's and it's tongue in cheek. It's just because it's like it's okay to attach to that tribalism for fun. You know, when I played hockey, like we beat this team who was all young. We were all kind of old, and old is like in your thirties for hockey. We just feel like old oh, men. Some of us were in our forties, and this young team was way better than us. We beat them in the championship. We beat the shit out of each other, and then we went, we, we all went and had beers. But it's like a meta camaraderie, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a healthy form of tribalism, I think. Right. I mean, the tribe of like uh, soccer or hockey instead of this particular team. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. That, yeah. The, the meta is definitely that we're Tottenham fans or we're Arsenal fans, but we're football fans. Mm-hmm. We, we're, we're football soccer fans. <laughs> Sorry, this is the States. <laughs> we're soccer fans and we appreciate the sport and we, we do it you know, because we, we love it. It'd be like if you and I, if I got good at, at dirt biking. And I got and I got as good as you, and then be like, okay, let's do a little race, you know, all in good fun. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, no, no one's gonna get hurt, you know. Without, I mean, uh, there's risk, of course. There's risk in hockey. I took pucks mm-hmm. to the face. I broke my hand. Some kid from Chico State's hockey team, like I poke checked him. He tripped, landed on my hand, broke that shit. wasn't gonna. I wasn't like mad at him. It's just the reality. Yeah. It's just what happens. But let's race to the top of this hill, and we race, and you win, yeah. and I win, or whatever. If I finally get you one time, if I finally get good and you always beat me, it's just, it's just that fun thing. Don't, don't get me wrong. I love, I love riding with anybody that'll go out. I mean, uh, but there's something about, um, just being around, just riding with somebody who can keep up. I mean, who you're not necessarily, who you don't feel like you have to slow down for all the time. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's fun. Again, most of the time I don't care about that. I mean, but it's different and um but in at certain moments it's fun if you make it fun if you get pissed off and you're like fuck you matt i can't believe you know if you got all butthurt about if i beat you one time right. instead of wanting what to go you... drink a beer afterwards like then uh, it's that'd like be silly that's no. silly yeah but and so that's like the okay that's the silliness of tribalism versus the healthy competition that we can get from we can push ourselves we don't have to compare ourselves with each other compare yourself with you mm-hmm. you know Try to get better, get quicker, mm-hmm. shoot the puck harder, you know? Yeah, just... If someone beats you, someone beats you. That's it. Like, okay, that's cool. You want to win, but you grab a beer after. If I was talking to someone of a different faith and we were both trying to, like, argue or proselytize, at the end of the day, like, let's say the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu were trying to, pro- like, having a healthy argument about whose faith is better. It'd be fun to hear that conversation in jest. <laughs> like when at the end of the day, it's like, mm-hmm. we're going to hug it out because I mean, we know no, we're, we're, no, we're being silly. Right? There's no way they would be in a serious argument. No, 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 no. It's silly. Sports but, are silly. I mean, it's silliness. It's just silly. Like we take it so seriously. We don't know these players. Make it silly. Make it fun. You know, have a healthy competition. If you're a writer, have a healthy competition. Like, yeah. like I can look at Keith Giles and see he has more reviews of his book on Amazon and be like... I could be all butthurt about it. I could be like, Keith, this, <sighs> I want to be this, <sighs> fuck you. Yeah. How, what's your book ranked? 100,000, mine's 600,000. Fuck you. <laughs> or it could be like, all right, I got to get, a, I got to get ahead of, I got to get ahead of Keith so I can brag about it. I got to sell the shirt that I want to sell more than Keith sells his shirt. Make it fun. Oh, it's 10 and nine. Fuck you, Keith. It, but not like, fuck you, Keith. That's our ego. We use it so much. Yeah, it's pretty funny just hating somebody just because they're better than you are. 
Yeah. Let it motivate you. It's okay. It's okay that someone's better than you. All, just admit, just to just accept, I mean, that someone someone out there is better than you at something. At everything you do, That's somebody okay. is going to be better. That's okay. Just do you. Just do you and go hard. Grind. Mm. But get out of that tribe, man. Get out of that tribe mentality. That's what we got to do. We got to talk to the other side. If I could have a serious conversation about Trump with someone who's a Trump person, but who can actually just have a dialogue and not get pissed off, I would totally do it. It'd be fun. I really would like to know the mindset that goes behind supporting, let's say, Trump. And I don't mean Trump as a scapegoat. He has he has the spark of the divine as well. But he's an interesting he's an interesting psychological case. <laughs> he has the spark, but it's definitely covered up in smoke or something like that. Well, it's so, um, and I don't use this term, I don't use this term lightly. It's so anti-Christ. It's so anti-Jesus. It's, it's so weird, like, how in, in a religion or a faith tradition, the founder, let's say, of that tradition, and I, don't, I, I definitely don't think Jesus came to start a religion or found a religion. He was decidedly Jewish, but his message maybe transcended Jews, quote-unquote, but and I certainly don't think he came to start Christianity. But if he's the founder, if he's the person you... It's just weird how far you get removed from like who that person was as a historical figure. It's really bizarre. Like Trump can be so flippant with his Christianity. He obviously he does not care about following Jesus. And, and like it doesn't... It certainly it doesn't seem like that's the fruit of, of what's going on there. I, Jesus was a very interesting figure and very unlike Trump. I mean, just in terms of in terms of worldview, not even behavior, let's say, just in terms of what is valuable, what is important, um, <laughs> how we're going to talk about the world. Yeah, I don't, I'm not super comfortable judging people in this kind of way, but I, no. don't, I don't think that he even considers himself a Christian. No, I, it just seems like pandering. Like, it, I don't, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's really on his radar. And that's fine. That's fine. I, I think just he, don't say it. Like, that's just silly. I think he could have attached himself to any, any, base of people that would accept him he doesn't seem to have any um sort of value system he's a marketing genius <laughs> in some way i, I mean, don't okay i, I don't doubt that but he's, he's been he's been given he's been dealt a good hand i mean a small loan of whatever million dollars or billion or millions of dollars it was like yeah you got an upper hand in life but he's he's certainly a genius marketer <laughs> he knows he knows, knows how, how to have everyone talking about him. We're yeah. talking about him on this show. I I have no problem giving him that. Yeah. But Christian, that's just, okay, well, they, you know, it's just a weird, it's a, well, it depends on what you define by Christianity. If you're talking about, like, actually trying to emulate the life of this second temple Jew named Jesus, that's a stretch. That's a stretch. Or teaching the same sort of things that that person would. I mean... He doesn't seem to be trying very hard. No. If that's what no, he's going for. Because, yeah, I fuck up enough and I'm trying, I'm not, well, I'm trying really hard, I guess, in a way. Or being focused on that. I don't know if trying is the right word, but I certainly take it seriously as much as I fuck it up. But it seems well, like, trying, okay, well, at least you see the efforts there. I'm trying to do that sort of Jesus thing. Well, for me, trying is even just thinking about it. Just yeah, meditating. Maybe even it. just realizing that you did something bad and even if you do the same thing again as long as, as long as you still realize that you did something wrong right 
Yeah, if you're looking at it and you're like, okay, what led me to this situation where I made this decision? What am I? I mean, if what am, you, I, am I introspection? Maybe is a good word. I don't see Trump as very introspective. What what would it mean to okay to be a Christian? What does this mean? Well, who is this Jesus fellow? And I really want to learn about this Jesus fellow because if I'm going to call myself a Christian, I'm going to look at my life and say, well, okay, my life needs to be modeled after this person. What was this person like? What was his context? What did he say? What did he do? What did he teach? There doesn't seem to be a lot of that. I mean, maybe, <laughs> but I don't. And he's if just, I was a betting man, he just keeps messing up because of because uh, he's just spiritually spiritually weak. <laughs> like, is that what no, people say? No, I, I mean, I'm saying that's just obviously ridiculous. I mean, I don't. Yeah, he's not thinking about it, no, and he's no. not. <laughs> And he's probably, sorry, spiritually weak. Yeah, spiritually I mean, immature. He's a baby. He's a, he's a baby Christian. <laughs> sure. Oh. But he's content to stay there. He just, I would just say it's more like you're putting your toe in Christianity. You're just dipping your toe so you can get the votes because you're a marketer. I mean, that's mm-hmm. your focus. Like your focus is on wealth and power and money. And you talk about that a lot. And, you know, you pander to evangelicals, but I don't know. That that's what I that's what it seems like. It seems like you pander to that crowd, um, and it's certainly the crowd that I've heard people say I would stick stick with Trump through and through, no matter what. It's like, dang, no matter what. That doesn't really. Yeah, like I think uh, it might have been it might have been that dude from Liberty. Who's that motherfucker? Um, Falwell Junior. It might have been him. Okay, might have yeah. been Franklin Graham, but I think it was Falwell Junior. I think. If I'm wrong, I apologize. Um. But it was basically like, yeah, no matter what, I'm sticking with this guy. It's like, damn. I mean, if liberals said that about Obama, and some of them probably did, no doubt. But it just seems like that's a weird, that's a weird worldview. That's a weird way to live your life. I'm going to stick with you. I mean, it's cool to say to your wife, maybe your spouse, you know, I'm going to stick with you <laughs> through and through 100%, no matter what. Well, you know him, you develop the trust, and uh, I mean, all this stuff. But it's a nice thing to say. Right. And, uh, but it's a weird thing to say about a politician. Or a businessman, or a businessman turned that, politician, somebody that you have that kind of re- relationship yeah. with, and someone you've never met who doesn't think about you. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's it's weird to say about another person. Like, I'm going to stick with you through and through, no matter what you do. I'm, I'm going to support weird. you politically. Seems unwise. Very unwise. Very babyish. Like, it's very um, not to not to shit on babies. These are adults. They, oh. you know, no, but babies need to grow up. But babies need to grow up. <laughs> that's right. And. Yeah. I mean, even eight years. My daughter's eight. She needs to grow up, you know. But but you've seen growth, obviously, as an eight-year-old. Like, you're proud of her. You're impressed by her. Um, but you're like, okay, you're eight. Appropriately so. But, damn. When you're, when you're an adult and you just sort of, like, attach to one thing and you stay in that baby place, like, the baby's going to grow up. A one-year-old's going to grow up eventually. Inevitably, I don't see Trump becoming a more devout follower of Christ or Jesus. Someone along the lines have, of Francis of Assisi or Martin Luther King Jr. I mean, he doesn't have a whole lot of time left. No, he's getting old. Probably now. not. You think what? What? What do you think the percent chance of him winning the election, the next election, is? Fifty-fifty. And you think it's toss-up? Yeah, I think that's fair. That's a pretty decent guess. I might lean more 65-35. Yay, over the nays, like he's going to be reelected. Maybe 70-30. 
that he will get reelected. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Geez, what with uh, what with the Mueller report? Um, he got off on that, right? I mean, no, no. Uh, well, uh, no, he didn't. I mean, the uh, um, memo that Barr sent to Congress summarizing it, you know, in it, in it, it said that uh, Mueller couldn't find any evidence of collusion. Right. Um, and as far as obstruction of justice goes, uh, he didn't he didn't want to make a determination. Oh. He left that up to Barr and Rosenstein. Um, okay. So there could be obstruction of justice. Uh, they, well, they said no. Mm-hmm. Barr and Rosenstein oh, said no. Said, said no oh. But Barr also said that this didn't exonerate Trump. Mm. Um, so meaning there's still the possibility that he did collude. It's just, yeah. Interesting. Um, but of course, Trump said that he was totally exonerated. Uh, yeah. Well, this is the intro. We'll see what happens by the. We'll we'll listen back when this podcast launches. It's uh, it's April twenty or no, it's March 29th. <laughs> we'll be saying this. We'll see in June if they find any new other stuff. We'll listen back and be like, we'll see what happens. Well, if something's gonna happen. I mean, you know, the Democrats and Pelosi, it's crying foul. That yeah, um, is it go back to one of those things where it doesn't fucking matter, unless he like unless it's so so obvious what doesn't matter what he does uh what like like does it does is he just so is he (laughs) i'm gonna go out on a limb is he so smart (laughs) i already paused for pause for people to get angry (laughs) he's so smart that he knows how to go up to the line of illegal and he knows he can go up to that line and he's unified his base the demo see the democrats they uh they seem more fractured there's like how many of them are running so far? Like twenty. I mean, and and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. You should have the more candidates. It seems like okay. Well, the more, but but it's a two party system. So like ideally, I would say yeah, if we had like twenty people that were running and they were all like independent or something, that'd be great. But in a two party system, when one side is unified, like it seems like Trump supporters are definitely unified. Like there's a certain percentage that are automatically with Trump, no matter what. Yeah. And it seems like a pretty high percentage. And then there's the people, eh, I don't know. I don't like what he's doing, but he's not Hillary, you know? And I would be like, okay, that's great. Yeah, he's not Hillary. And I have my problems with Hillary, definitely. Um, so there's that group. And then there's the, you know, the non, the, the anti-Trump group or the, but, but they seem really fractured on that side. And I think with Trump being unified on, not necessarily Republicans, but his base, whatever that is, I don't know. I think that might get him to win. The tribe is stronger. It doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean it's just. But that particular tribe is pretty definitely Trump all the way. Mm. And the other tribe is like, well, there's, they don't seem like their leadership is quite great. If it was a sporting event, you'd be like, okay, this team's solid. They're on a roll. They've got their, they've got a core group of dudes <laughs> who are just playing well together. And this other team's got a lot of talent, a lot of good ideas. Not, some not so much, but some better. And, and, but they don't seem to work well together. So I'm going to go three, two, I'm going to go three, two in Trump. Okay. A late winner, a late winner in the 85th minute. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, I don't know when you just have Trump and the, uh, democratic nominee, Mm -hmm. 
You think the Democrats would unify with that guy? I think the Democrats would unite, would unite behind the Democratic um, nominee. I, I mean, I, it seems like... <laughs> it's so funny because that was true when Hillary ran it. It was like, you pick the one who's going to buck that, right? Like, Hillary was like the one person, I think, that that wouldn't happen. That wouldn't. That, that, that Democrats wouldn't... That, even Democrats, some Democrats were like, I can't vote for like Hillary. Really? This is the best you got. We were Bernie people, let's say. Oh, definitely. Sorry. Yeah, yeah definitely. So it's funny that you say that. And I think you're true. I, I think you're right. I think you're correct that like in a normal instance, sure. The Democrat, Democrats will unite with whoever's the D mm-hmm. against the, the R with the Trumps, <laughs> the Trumps, <laughs> the Trump folks. <laughs> and it was like, Hillary is like the, the wild card x factor she's like one person on that side she's the one person who would lose to someone like donald trump it was no, like the perfect storm of you're, you're right fuckery because <laughs> even i like like i saw i like hillary i was like yo oh my god how are you liberal like you are pro-war through and through like you're not liberal and so i think stuff like that like true liberals would be like fuck out of here I mean, sure, at least you're not Trump, but the Trumps are saying, well, at least you're not Hillary. And, but still, it was like, damn, really? That one candidate who I think even Democrats are like, "Ah, God damn it. Well, I mean, it's like, I really don't want rat droppings in my oatmeal. I really don't want to eat that amount that, that Hillary is putting in there. (laughs) But Trump is a whole bowl full of rat shit. But it's a whole, yeah. It's not. It's in a totally different uh, <laughs> league. Yeah. It's like the it's like the marshmallows in Lucky Charms. <laughs> like yeah. there's a, there's some, but there's there's a handful of them. But Trump is Trump is like like the box of all marshmallows, <laughs> but the opposite, not marshmallows, because marshmallows are delicious. The the non marshmallow, the, the anti marshmallow. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. That's Maybe. how I, I feel about it emotionally. Yeah, and then uh, people on the other side, it's funny, because people on the other side would say the same thing. I can't stand Trump. I don't like what he does, but he wasn't yeah. Hillary. No, you, you, I've heard people say that. Well, I don't know of really anybody that actually likes Trump. Like, people are allied with him um, because they have the same goals. Yeah. Um, I, no, I know some and, people that actually like Trump. I'm not going to I'm not going to really? say on the podcast too. Okay, well I'm curious. Yeah, you won't be surprised when I tell you. I'm going to Oh, there you go. I have a good idea. Yep. Yeah, of course you got it. I was sending you I was sending you a mind meld. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But it's very few and far between. And there's a lot more people I think that tolerate Trump. I'm not going to say it's right, but I understand their reasoning. It's a little more rational than the the Trump 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 all the way. At least there's a reason behind it like there's a more rational reason mm-hmm. for the people who don't like Trump, but they still support him. And then, eh, I don't agree. Well, it's, but... Right, because of his yeah, policy. He, yeah. I mean, they would try to make the case that he, he's more anti-war by trying to pull out of Syria or something. He'll, but he'll, if his the, policy changed, they might ditch him. Like, they're not... Um... They would, They would. yeah. I think they would be more apt to ditch him if it was a better option than Hillary Clinton in their eyes. Right. Yeah. It's like with them, they would never, never say no matter what. I'm exactly. Trump. Right. And I, I can respect that a little more. Yeah. The people who say no, this person, no matter what, and it, and take Trump out of the equation, just anyone like this guy, no matter what, in any like political, I mean, 
even like someone you follow musically, I wouldn't say my favorite band and be like, I'm going to love this band no matter what. You might love the records they put out, but I'm not going to support this band 100%. Because if like they came out, we're like, hey, this next album is an album about how we all joined the KKK. I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Like, I, I wouldn't even listen to their old albums. I'd be so upset. I'd be like, oh my God fuck that. I mean, you wouldn't stick with even your fat. You'd be heartbroken and be like, okay, I can't stick with you anymore. I can't. I love your music. I loved your first three albums, but Jesus Christ. How it, would, it would take a lot for me not to go back and listen to that album. I'm not it saying would take a lot. It might be the KKK. That, I mean, that might be the line. If your favorite band, <laughs> like you listen to that one song, like for me, my favorite bands, if it was like Gaslight Anthem, Me Without You, um, you know, you've got uh, Logic's like my favorite rapper, one of my favorite rappers. And they come out and they're just like the most ridiculous shit. You're like, ah. it, it would be so hard to think of those old songs, like the 59 sound from the Gaslight Anthem changed my, my life musically to not go back and listen to those albums. Like that would suck if, so, you know, obviously, I mean, but of course, you know, the, there's a reason why those bands are, or those artists or those writers are your favorite writers. If you're, if you're paying attention to the world, I, that wouldn't happen with like, you know, the bands I listen to. They might admit. the artists I like, the you know, the writers you like. Yeah, pretty. You'd have had to really pull the wool over my eyes because I liked you for your lyrics. I liked you for your message. I watched interviews. You know, all these things. Like you, you try to get to know somebody. Like you'd have to be really tricking people. <laughs> it, yeah, they but, they might slip, but they they won't fall. You know. Yeah. Right. 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 But when you, you're like, when you follow someone like a politician, like you're a businessman, New York billionaire, and you follow someone like that, no matter what, you're like, you don't know this dude at all. You know, I mean, come on. And if you did, you'd be like, I got, for, for me, it's like, I, if you follow Trump and I said, okay, well, I'm going to be just like him. If I was your son, would you be proud of that? Would you be happy with that? You're like, mm. yeah, I don't <laughs> know about that. You'd be pretty upset at me if I was, you'd be like, Matt, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Right? I mean, what'd, it, what'd you say? The locker room talk, mom. What'd you, but no, Matt, you said you did this. Who are you doing that to? Whose pussy are you grabbing at high school? Whose pussy are you grabbing in the van? You know, like, your parents wouldn't be proud of that. No, most fathers wouldn't be proud of their They'd be like, son, son a boy. Paying off porn stars. And right. Get, get that pussy. Like, what? No, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't be proud. Seems like it seems like if if you, if that's your kid or that's your husband, that's your wife, that's your best friend, and they're acting like that, and you'd be like, "Damn, cringing." That's a sign that maybe you should not just pledge your allegiance to some dude like that. I don't know. Shouldn't pledge allegiance like that to anyone. I don't think. I don't know. Very, very few, and with with much consideration. Much consideration. Even Jesus and Buddha. I'm like all right, Jesus, just be cool. Like if I don't, if I'm not always there with you, you're cool. Like I'm not going to hell. If I'm like, Jesus, I can't talk right now. I I'm, I can't step off for a second. Or Buddha, you gotta, I, I can't, I can't be meditating right now. I'm sorry. I just can't deal with it right now. He's not going to be like, gotcha, fucker. Those are the type of dudes you can play the allegiance to. They're like, yeah, of course. Like take your time. You're good. They don't have, they're not narcissistic. They're not, very few people in history, though. I was oh, I was thinking of it kind of differently. Like, I don't know. I I would like to think that Jesus has his own little faults. I think I, which I mean, I'm what cool you said 
what you just said, I mean, that is kind of a fault. I consider that a fault of people, you know, just... Uh, to what? Um, uh, like that, aha, I, I, I got you if you're not doing, if you're not med- uh Guilt trips, you know? Well, but, no, I don't think you would actually do that. Not that, but maybe other... Uh, I maybe. mean, I, I consider that kind of a big character flaw. Um, oh, yeah. But maybe, it, like... Uh, is that the should sort of stuff? Like, people tell you what you should do? I mean, that seems like a character flaw. Uh, yeah, guilt trips. You yeah, should oh, do definitely. this. Yeah. Uh, I don't think... But I think Jesus did have some faults. I mean, I think when he... Like, like he picked his nose or something like that. Oh, yeah. I was thinking more along the lines of, like... Something a little bit bigger than that. But. Yeah, no, when he... Um, he was... Uh, he got he got kind of corrected by this uh, Sinophoenician woman. She was like, even dogs get scraps. And he was... Who? Kinda, yeah, right. yeah. You remember that story? So... <laughs> I don't what know. Do I don't know if it's me? quite like if you're sitting there like, oh, Jesus, shit, <laughs> she got yes. You know, if you did that whole thing, like, I don't know if that's how to interpret it. Like, damn, Jesus, like she just told you and he has to get. Yeah, you're right. You showed faith like, but he's just. But see, to me, that's like if he got told right then and he responds with, yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're right. I should. Yeah, you have faith. It's like, damn, Jesus ain't got no ego. It just it just bounced off him. That even the humanness of Jesus, like if he got told by that lady and he was just like, Oh, you're right. <laughs> it's like, Whoa, that to me is more impressive because most of us would be like, what the fuck did you say? What did you say? What the fuck did you just say right now? Did you just put Jesus Christ in his place? Most of us would do that. Do you know who you're right. talking to? Right. If and, you're the leader of uh, this <laughs> fairly decent, you know, following movement, you're like, yeah, you get out of here. You're going to have some ego. You're going to want to protect that. Yeah. Right. You're right. But he just responds with, yeah, you're right. My bad. Here, you, would, she showed have, faith. I would you're have like, no problem with that. Yeah, see, that. that's when it's like you see, it's like in our faults, our response to our faults almost makes you more like impressive. Like, oh, Jesus, could the Buddha, they could, could they have dirty thoughts once in a while and just be like, what would that mean to really go down this rabbit trail of thinking all these thoughts? Where would these thoughts lead mm-hmm. to? Like to me, if Jesus worked through all that stuff and then said, like, to have anger in your heart for your brother is the same as murder, to equate the two, like, this is where these thoughts lead. This is where this path leads. That's more impressive than just like some divine download. Like, well, I don't think anybody is in control of their thoughts like that. Like, you can't, you can't will yourself. You can like will yourself to think your next couple thoughts, but like, nobody is that vigilant like thoughts just pop up they in just, your mind they just come out of nowhere yeah and i don't think i mean maybe if you if you look at a lot of if you listen to or read a lot of stuff that maybe you shouldn't i think you're probably more prone to um having those ideas pop up of for course. sure for sure um and but it's all attached it's all it's all attached and based on your choices you make if you just if you make the choice to do that these thoughts are going to lead to this more often than not. Right. And Jesus or Buddha, like you just said, you know, they would, uh, they would know enough not to, yeah, go down that path. Right. But I think, I think more impressively through actual life, like actual human experiences, Jesus was a human being who like got diarrhea, got cramps, like was angry, had teenage hormones, like got, woke up with a boner, like Jesus took a shit. Jesus probably shit himself, even maybe as an adult. Like, 
You're, I should, I almost shit myself one time. I was on a, run, a long run. I had to run right. in this field. There's no way I was going to make it home. It was like an eight mile run or some shit. What if Jesus was doing? I mean, like a, like a real human being, like stuff we can relate to. That's what's important. Buddha, stuff we can relate to. I think people would be more prone. Well, pe- people, I, people would be more prone to think of Buddha as like a human who had these existences. But I don't know what it's well, like I, to live in a Buddhist dominated culture. So I'm not sure. Right. Yeah, might be speaking out of my ass on what people think about Buddha. I mean, did yeah? I'm sure there's people that equated him with the divine. Sure, in, in some, some sort, sort of way. Yeah, and which is fine. <laughs> I think we can equate ourselves, as I mean, Jamal would say. Yeah, <laughs> in that kind of way. Yeah, yeah. But in the Eastern, sorry, <laughs> Western Christian Evangelical Church, that's more of a statement, you know, to say that. I, to say that Michael Machuga is uh, um, on the same level as God, that is God. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be heretical for sure. But it's funny when you listen to Jesus, and I'm cool with Jesus being different in some ways. I'm okay with some ways, but when he talks about when Jesus, the person, talks about other people as brothers and sisters. It certainly seems like, or he calls himself the son of man, which is like this statement about his identifying with humanity. That was his favorite phrase. When he talks about that stuff, it's like, okay, well, well then how did Jesus, maybe we shouldn't always ask, how do, what do we think of Jesus? How did Jesus think about us? And right. I think he thought of himself as us. Like he, he, he attached himself to us. We should be more worried about that or as Paul would say, I think there's this cool phrase where Paul is saying like something about knowing God and he checks himself. He puts one of those like, I'm pausing to change thoughts or rather that God knows us. It seems it's more important that God knows us than we know God. Like it's more or more, not maybe more profound or what's like, what, what is initial in, in terms of like where we need to start talking about things, big ideas in the world and humanity. We need to recognize that like God is one who would choose to know us rather than we really, really need to get it right about God. We really need to know God. Otherwise, we're fucked. Well, I mean, for one, God can fully know us, but we're never fully going to understand God. Um, I, I agree with that. I think, I think there's, I mean, the, there's, the, there's the, like uh, some sort of theological thing. Your dad was talking about it one time about this always becoming more like Christ and never actually getting there. So it's an all, it's always a process of becoming more or the living Buddha, the living Christ, whatever that is always growing. I forget the term. I mean, the way I would put it, it it just always learning how, always learning how to live life better. Always. What can I do tomorrow to make that day better than today was? I mean, just (sighs) very in that practical kind of way. Um, You think there's ever a point where that's not, needed anymore growing well i mean are are you asking that because it sounds exhausting or well it sounds like is there an end game like is there (laughs) i think i would say the end end game is to get to a point where you're okay with oh okay with not being stagnant (laughs) i like that no i think that but i think that includes i mean as long as i know that i'm safe and that my relationships are safe that actually, that sounds like a cool idea. Right. Um, 
So the, the, the statement that maybe Richard Rohr would say is that everything belongs. So even growth belongs. So it all, yeah. you know, it's, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's, mm -hmm. it's not, it's not the fact that you should grow or need to grow or desire to grow. Right. There's no ought. I mean. Right. It's just the fact that growth is an important part of being human, except that, and that's okay. We, we always like, we feel deficient. We feel like we need to do this and this and this and this, or should do this and better ourselves and do all that. And then, and then that creates like an anxiety. It creates pressure. It creates us to, you know, crumple under the, crum, crumble under the pressure. It's the accepting that you always need to grow. There's always room for grace forever. Well, I don't, I don't even know, know that I'd want to say need, need to grow. I mean, if you don't grow, nothing's gonna, uh, nothing's gonna happen to you. I mean, no, 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 no but that's how people think about it. I need to grow. Right. I need to become better. I need to. Yeah. So it's not, but it's not a, it's not a need. I, yeah. Right. It's uh, it's, it's just a very helpful way to me to, to look at it. Um, it's a, it's a self-evident positive experientially. Right. I don't feel like anybody is forcing me to grow. Right. I mean, I'm an adult. I mean, so I have, yeah, <laughs> I have a bit of autonomy in a way, but sure. But I don't feel like people are, I feel like you need to get to a certain point to mature to a certain point where you're not like Donald Trump, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's like, it's like with money, like money doesn't buy happiness to a certain extent, like when you get to a certain income level, then after that, money doesn't, more money isn't going to make you happier. Sure. But there is this whole truth to like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like you can't get to like self-actualization if you're struggling to survive day by day. Exactly. Like, I mean, yeah. yeah. So that, and, and it doesn't, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be money, but whatever system you use, it could be a barter, right. it could just, but having those basic needs met in our society, of course, it's money or currency or, you know, so, mm -hmm. but yeah. So, so once you get to that certain point spiritually where you're not annoying, <laughs> like, um, I could be pretty annoying still though. Well, uh, I mean, not to me. Not uh, to yeah. I bet, I bet though, I bet you've been annoyed with me. We've all been annoyed with each other at some point. Well, no, not no, not really. Honestly, really, yeah. I don't really. I don't think I've gotten. I got. I would really have to think if I've gotten annoyed. I've learned to not answer questions that I'm not sure. I'd have to think about it. I haven't. I mean, it's not one of those things. I'm like, when's the last time Mike annoyed me? <laughs> right. But I'd have to think. Like, I don't. I think I've been I more mean, annoyed by your dogs when they ripped up the garden a couple times. Uh, <sighs> rightly, rightly yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. Uh, uh, you totally could have beaten their butts. And been <laughs> no, I didn't. I did yell. I did yell one time. And I got, I think I got in one of your dog's face. Not in like, a, she doesn't give a shit though. She's just always like wagging her tail. I was just like, and it was a tongue in cheek. It was like, it was like fuck you. Ah. <laughs> she could probably sense like, <laughs> yeah, you're not really mad. <laughs> kind of, but then at the same time, what it's are just you like, gonna do about it? <laughs> ah, fuck. It's just annoying. I was like, ah, oh, my strawberries. Yeah. I don't think, I don't know. I mean, with your spouses though, I think you get, you know, you live with them forever though. You live with them for 10, 15, 20 years. I'm sure, I've been, a, I'm sure I've been annoyed with my wife. She's been annoyed at me. Well, it's just that relationship. It's kind of unrealistic when somebody's yeah. around you all that's, the time. Yeah, that's a different kind of relationship. <laughs> if you and I were married, we would definitely yeah. get annoyed with each other. Yeah. Like, Mike, fuck, what are you doing? 
Are we all, right. I mean, no, but we should all be able to handle what, like four hours a week, eight hours a week, something like that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, there should be. I mean, you just have to. You just have to think of it kind of a. Your annoyance has to be a, kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing. You just kind of take your kinda, annoyance too seriously. Yeah, you just kind of laugh yeah. at it. You know, sometimes my wife, she like, I'm I'm the OCD person who needs like things in its place. So if my wife, she sometimes she takes my shoes and then goes out and like. uh puts away the rabbit or locks something up and then she leaves my shoes where I don't put them mm. and I'm like fuck why where's my shoes <laughs> You'd probably that's my be. own shit though that's my own like why do I really care it's gonna take me 30 seconds to go find them like, you, you'd be annoyed <laughs> with me if, if we were married no I know I would I'm sure I would yeah I know I would because I'd be annoyed at anyone if I'm gonna get annoyed at my wife I'm gonna get annoyed at you but I do those the things that Lindsay does oh yeah and I'd be like fucking Mike you, but then you accept, like, I'm, of course I'm going to do shit that annoys my wife. And there's grace. Again, it's grace. Like, why would that's I... That's a hard... Like, yeah, it's just... That's a hard pill to swallow, just realizing that, yep, I'm always probably going to be annoying, yep. Sperry. Yep. You know? And not always, but so, in some... In well, hopefully not every no. single day. <laughs> no, then, then, mean, then you got a problem. But generally, for the rest of our marriage... Sure, <laughs> in some way... But then you just realize it's tongue in cheek. You just take that tongue in cheek, unless it unless yeah. it becomes abusive or a problem or anything. I'm just you know, of course. But you just take it all kind of like like it's just it's you it make seems, it you make it sort of comedy. I don't know. Well, no, yeah, I think that yeah, the goal is to make it some sort of inside joke, right? Where you can all just laugh. Yeah, at being annoyed. Where I could say it on the podcast and be like, yeah, my wife leaves her my shoes where they don't belong, and I get annoyed. But then you self deprecate and you say, well, that's my OCD, which I have, I'm sure. And she'd probably be like, if she came on the show, she'd be like, yes, Matt. (laughs) And you don't take it that it's not, it's not a big deal. It's it's cool. It's cool. If you disagree, it's cool. If you get annoyed with each other, I don't know. It's got to get through things. It gets to a point when, I mean, of course, certain situations get to a point where it's just like, this doesn't work, you know, but yeah, hopefully most relationships are not like that. And if they are, then there's still grace. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no reason why. Yeah. Some things don't work. Change, yeah. Some things don't work, man. Some things in life don't work. You just move on real quick. You got to kind of roll with it. I think a big. Oh, that's me being drunk. I just knocked my water over. Uh, At least it it wasn't the whiskey. No, I know. Thank God. That was a good shot. The Lord hath blessed me. (laughs) Why not? Yeah, I hate that. Uh, I was getting into okay? it like Italians, man. We just swing our hands. Yeah. Man. We, we're talking with our hands. Very all the time. animated. Yeah, yeah. I can't help it. What was I talking about now? Shit, I don't remember. Oh, marriage annoyances. Ah, yeah. A big, a big thing we got to do. We got to do in life. You know, what we got to do as human beings is we got to not attach ourselves to to like having to agree on everything. We just got to be cool with each other. Life could be so much easier if people just would not attach themselves to what they believe or what they think. It would be so much easier. To where if, if you said the dumbest shit right now, if you're just like, well, Matt, and you just said the dumbest shit, I'd just be like, okay, I think- like, okay, that's, I still like you as a person. I still, I'm going to, if you're on the, if you're on, you became homeless or some shit, <laughs> I feel like, I hope I help you out. I, I hope I, I hope I care more about you as a person than what you think as a person. I think that's the meaning of meditation, of living meditatively, to not um, put too much weight on any specific situation. I mean, just... Seems liberating. 
I mean, it, and it's experientially true. Like moments just seem, moments do come and go. Like yeah, there's do. no reason why you have to attach more energy on a certain moment than, um, than it requires. Like as soon as that moment is gone, you literally can just not think about it anymore. <laughs> do you think? Do you think that would smack of apathy to other people though, who don't think like that? I'm sure that it can be misleading. Yeah, I mean. I don't people, think that's how most people live. It seems true, and it seems liberating, and experientially that seems true. But do you think that if the other, if the other, if tribes don't mm-hmm. think like that, if whatever those tribes are, most people live in tribes, they're not going to think like that. Do you think that is actually kind of it makes things harder it, to yeah, interact with yes, people? Maybe, yeah. I I can see people being uh, uh, annoyed annoyed by that. Uh, totally getting the wrong idea like this person doesn't yeah it, it smacks of apathy a little bit for sure um, that's, what, that's what i found the question is <laughs> how much do i care oh you shouldn't you shouldn't care at all i, I, mean, I think you should I, care about the people but not the situation I think you shouldn't you attach should, too much to the situation you should always be gracious i think you right. can always encounter the uh, other tribe graciously definitely um but beyond that i, I don't think it's your problem Really, right? But I mean, because really, what's the harm? <laughs> it's just a, a war of uh, ideas. I mean, like, which not... which you just have to approach as fun. If you approach them as like anything too serious, that's when you get into problems. Your war of ideas is not the end of the world. No, it's not. And yeah, but like, hungry <laughs> is not. You, hungry is an idea, but it's not an idea. Like, uh, like that should be our concern. People, people are right. Hungry. I mean, you <laughs> should definitely be more concerned about people starving than, you know, for me, people who believe in eternal conscious torment. Oh, for sure. I mean, that, right. Focus your energy. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of that I think it was Tony Campolo. He said something about basically he cussed in what he was saying, and he made the point that people will be more offended that he said shit. Than the fact that thirty thousand people, thirty thousand children are starving. It's not. It's not I, that. It's like dying of starvation in the world a year, a day, whatever the numbers were. But his point was that you're more concerned about what people are saying, yeah. what ideas people are presenting, um, the fact that someone might not be pure, or someone might say a four letter word that you deem offensive, offensive, which is always self referential, and <laughs> then the fact that people are starving. Like our our focus, we need to shift our focus definitely. I, I, I thought it was Michael Iaconelli. Maybe they both did it. Uh, but it seems like it would be a pretty common bit. I mean, it's uh, it's a great point. I wouldn't be surprised if people, Mal- were, yeah, yeah, multiple people would say that. Just like there's a lot of common themes in comedy too, <laughs> like mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. people saying the f word, not fuck, you know. <laughs> Things like that. It's a pretty common thing. It's funny. It all means the same thing, though. Like, <laughs> the bo- the devotional book that I'm writing, in the title, I can't put fuck. I have to put F star CK. Or some derivative of. But in the book, it, I'll, of course, cuss. Because <laughs> it's me. It's just funny that... But if you read if you read that, you you would you would in your head say fuck. Like you wouldn't say right, no, and, <laughs> right, and that's the point, of course, of right. what 
those comedy bits are. It's like, you're yeah. still putting the word in my head. It's right. not any better. <laughs> the situation isn't any better. Right. It's just, you're not the one who has to take the blame for it. I think that's what Louis C.K. said. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Louis. Uh, Louis. Oh, Louis. I, I'll still listen to Louis. Yeah. It's... He hasn't crossed the line for me yet. Yeah, I think he didn't do some good things, but... Well, I, did, I didn't hear there was any actual rape. Well, that's good. If that, if that, that would be the line for me, I think. Yeah, it's funny that we would hold... Like, if, <laughs> if, I, if we were doing a podcast and I was like, hey, this situation happened, and it was the Louis K. C.K. situation, and I concluded with... But they didn't find that I raped her. You'd still, you'd still be like, Matt. Whoo, boy. I, if you did that, I'd be like, Mike. I'm not going to judge you, I'm gonna, but I'm going to be like, Mike. That's fucked up. But, but then, again, when do we accept that we have to have reconciliation? I'd still be like, yo, Mike. Okay. Let's talk, man. You're like, yeah, I fucked up. Okay. We all fuck up. You know, it seems like we hold... What annoys me sometimes is not that we we should we should hold people to a standard. We should be like, "Yo, you fucked up." But then it then it comes back to like, uh, if our goal is reconciliation, how do we reconcile the people we deem offensible? And you know, if someone stayed maybe in their in their mentality that you're like, "Oh God, I can't support you right now," but if they changed, we we certainly have to. If we're being liberal, let's say we certainly have to have a reconciliation plan, right? Like, should Aziz Ansari be boycotted forever? Or Louis C.K. forever? I would say, no, definitely not. Right. Um, but some people, I well, think, some people I think would disagree with you. Of course. I mean, I would even say definitely um, the rapists should be reconciled. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a hard thing. I, that's I mean, a hard thing about reconciliatory justice. And we we would on the one hand like praise Holland who has changed their justice system into a more reconciliatory one, whereas ours is definitely retributive. Um, but then when it comes yeah, out in real time, yeah. it's like, well, what does that mean for the person who's a rapist? It's like, damn, okay, this is gonna be tough. It's gonna be tougher. And but we still should reckon. We still yeah. should have a plan for reconciliation. It doesn't mean someone gets off scot free. It it doesn't no, mean I any mean, of that. I think that's the price of of sin. I mean, that's the price you pay. Yeah, is in the reconciliation process. Yeah. yeah, of course it hurts to forgive this person Absolutely. for whatever they did. I would really rather not have to do that. It yeah, costs it, something. It costs something, for sure. But, um, I mean, the, but in a way, like the price has already been paid. <laughs> if they recognize, if they recognize it, because if you're if you're like a rapist, let's say, who recognizes how horrible what you did was. Like you, st okay. It doesn't justify. It doesn't mean what you. It doesn't mean that your life from now on is like worse or better than the person you harmed. It just means like that's a that's a weight that that person has to live with. Like man, I really did something horrible. You see those stories of like a guy you know, murders someone's son, and then the mom becomes friends with that murderer. It's like damn, how when well, you watch those. Share it on social media or YouTube or whatever. Like, oh my God, I can't. I don't know if I'm that gracious. I don't know. I've never experienced that. I don't want to. No, no. one should have to. No one should have to. But, but I think it. you have to realize that 
to to be reconciled with somebody means that you truly forgive them um and that in a way you don't you don't think about them in that way anymore nope. you uh, you nope. i mean you have course still know that they did it but of course. um you don't whitewash it no but i mean i don't know how you want to put it like the love replaces the the anger or yeah um well and the reconciliation is different than the forgiveness you start with the forgiveness and right. then when the person is like i am so sorry i i right i and you know it it's not even the words that you just know it when someone is like i'm dude and that's when the reconciliation can happen. And, recon- and that's when you when you live truly free is when you don't hold that over them ever. In your language, in your interactions with them. It doesn't replace the hurt. You're still hurt. Your life still changed. It just means that you're healed. just means that you're healed. You got yeah. a scar. Yes. You got a scar. But it's not an open wound. It's not bleeding. It's and not scabbed. Maybe even say it's a beautiful scar in some kind of way. Well, that's where I think beauty is different than pretty, let's say. I think pretty, we, we go on like uniformity, we go on unblemishedness, but you can find, one of the things I find beautiful on my wife, I, I think it was just a mole that was removed. She had like a mole, I think it's on her back or something, like a little scar. And I think that's just beautiful. It just, it doesn't even have a story. It's just like, you got your scars. It represents like this humanity, like you're not, no one's unblemished, but that's not the definition of beauty. It might be the definition of pretty. <laughs> But it's yeah. not the definition of beauty. Yeah. You know. You could be beautiful and you could have like stretch marks. <laughs> I got stretch marks, man. I, I was five foot five as a freshman. And I graduated six foot four. Like I got scratch I got I got scars, like my whole high school career, my knees hurt, my shins, I got shin splints. People thought I was slow. I'm fast as fuck. But I had shin splints, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. You got scars. I don't I don't know if I'd call them beautiful, but they tell a story. So in a way, they'd be beautiful. Our human story is not have to be unblemished. Yeah, and pretty is just kind of boring. It's boring. Like, geez, what kind of life did you lead if you don't have yeah. any scars? There's nothing wrong with being pretty. There's nothing wrong with being hot. There's nothing wrong with looking and saying, yeah, I'd fuck me. <laughs> but you, that beauty should be, beauty, I think, just transcends uniformity, uh, This, you know, whatever cultural standards are. It's just something that transcends. I think I, that that'd be Thomistic, right? That would be one of the transcendentals. Beauty. Uh, sure. I don't. I don't know my. You uh, don't know your Thomistic transcendentals. No, I never actually really studied that. Sorry. Oh Dad. my gosh, Rick Machuga. I hope you're not listening to episode six. <laughs> He'll remind you. I'll I'll try to reconcile that. <laughs> Man, we need a we need a tech guy who could be like, hey, what's your name? Whatever his name would be, her name would be, looking up shit, right in your ear and earbud. <laughs> the transcendentals would, are beauty, truth. That'd and I be don't, handy. I'd be happy. I, I I got two of them. <laughs> Make you look smarter than than we are. We've already said we're we're not. But wisdom's different than intelligence, man. You can know a lot of facts, but you can know a lot of shit. Wisdom's different, though. I would rather be wise. Oh, much rather be wise. It seems easier. We're, yeah, <laughs> I like knowing a lot of shit though. That maybe that's the ego. I like knowing a lot of shit, but then I've gotten to a place where it's more. And uh, well, I, the thing is, I like knowing stuff, but I I, I, I like riding my dirt bike a little bit more. Yeah. So I saw you head up that hill, man. That was good. That was impressive. Oh, oh, Sperry put that on Facebook. Huh? Uh, I should put it on. Well, I should put it on, maybe I saw it on Instagram. Yeah. 
It was good. I was impressed. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You might get me on a dirt bike one time. No, if I do it once, I got to do it more. See, if I do anything, I got I to gotta do it. Well, I got to be able to do it. Like, I don't. I where, mean, I, where I'm not thinking about it. That's the, you know, you get to, when I was playing oh, hockey, yeah. I got, I don't want to think about skating. So then you got to, you get to that place. I don't want to think about riding a dirt bike. I just want to ride. No, I, I mean, that's, that's the reason why you want to be slightly buzzed. <laughs> I think it's actually safer. I mean, cause you're not, you don't think about it too much. It loosens you up. Yeah. Uh, I never, I never play hockey slightly, but I write slightly buzz. I'd say that's true on that. Well, I think the stakes are a little high, higher. Oh yeah, dirt biking. If I don't write some good shit, I can just save it on my computer, and no one ever has to know. <laughs> <laughs> and I got plenty of that, man. You know, I got I got eleven folders in my documents of shit that I've books that I've put away and not done. Eleven. Uh, sorry, eleven page of no, just different document file, uh, different folders, different projects that I was just like this. Oh, work. right, right, right. Yeah. Oh. You just gotta, gotcha. there's no risk. No one ever knows until <laughs> <No>. now. <laughs> and my life's not at risk. I mean, the worst thing it is is a waste of time, but I yeah. wouldn't say it's even that. No, I've done, no, it's not, no, because you practice writing. I wrote a bunch of shit. My wife reminded me that I was doing these like Disney, uh, Disney essays. I was interpreting different Disney princess things I was going to post after my daughter, and now she can't stand Disney. I oh. Was like, oh, I forgot about that project. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Well, no, I wrote a bunch of essays yeah. uh, interpreting the different Disney princesses through like a mimetic theory lens. Yeah, but Elise doesn't like Disney. Anymore. No, she hates. Well, she likes Disney. Like she loves, I think, Narnia, uh, Chronicles of Narnia were done by Disney the first couple of times. But just not like. She doesn't like the princesses. Princess. Hates them. She used to love them. Really? What, what happened? I don't know. She got, she got eight. Now, now she's eight going on 12, man. Goes quick. She wears sports bras and shit. <laughs> she knows what a, she knows what a period is <laughs> oh yeah it's like damn <laughs> all right it's cool it's fun it's fun to watch your kid grow up but then it's funny to it's funny to you know it's 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 uh interesting to have like your kids who don't remember their life events but you do because you're older so like if we went to disneyland when she was four or five she'd be like i kind of remember that you're like that's just how it is but i'd be like how do you not remember that like when you're a kid, you forget all those like cool memories you had. I didn't. I had the same thing happen. You vaguely remember shit, but yeah, uh, life. I guess it's yeah. life, man. It's life. <laughs> it's life weird. Is interesting. I never knew that this is what it was going to be like to be 39 years old. Like 39. Are you? Are you? So when are you 39? You're 39 next year. No, I'm 39. No, you're 39 now. now. That's yeah. right. You're 40 next. That's right. Holy oh, cow! Man. We'll have to have a, uh, a special edition podcast. It can be my birthday present yeah. from you to me. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, we're, we've been going about hour 40, but I want to oh, mention shit. that um, we're going to be doing these like fucking amazing special edition podcasts. We're going to call them like on location or something. And you're only going to be able to get that if you subscribe on Patreon. But it's going to be cheap, like $5 a month. We're going to go on location. We're going to travel around California, Northern California, just go to like campsites. We're going to go to the coast, Fort Bragg, and we're going to do yeah. special on location edition podcasts. So hopefully a uh, gold bluff speech. Yeah, that'd be some fun shit. So make sure you make sure you subscribe on uh, Patreon for $5 a month. Do that shit. Uh, tell your friends. Hope you enjoy the podcast. 
I'm ready. I gotta I gotta take a leak. So uh hour and forty I think is perfect, huh? Hour and thirty, something like that. Yeah. Work, works for me, man. I gotta relight this fire. It went out. It's been out for a while. It's been out yeah. for a while. It's getting kinda cold. Let's so, get that going. Yeah, we gotta we gotta stop this shit and we'll pick it back up on episode seven. Love you all. As always, don't be a dick. <laughs> Nighty night. Thank you.